diet and exercise, diet and exercise, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. Oh my goodness, just stop. <laughs> like if you want to lose weight, there is more to the picture than just diet and exercise. Last week on the Health with Hashimoto's podcast, I promised you an episode about holistic weight loss and that's what we're going to talk about today, because it's not just about diet and exercise. You are a whole person, and there are more things that you can do than just address one part of that whole. So welcome to the Health with Hashimoto's podcast. This is where you discover true, simple, and sustainable things that you can do so that you can have better health. You can have better energy. You can lose the weight that you want. You can do the things that help you feel like you again. Because when we're dealing with Hashimoto's, sometimes we feel like we're not us anymore. We look in the mirror and like, where's me? Like, I don't even recognize that person in the mirror. Or somebody takes a picture of you and a group of people, and you're studying that picture, honestly looking for which one is you. And then you notice, oh, that's me. Whoa, wait, what? You don't look like you feel. Like, you've gained weight and you knew it was happening and you're trying to lose weight. But at the same time, you look at that picture and you don't even recognize yourself. I have heard that story from more than one person. You're not alone if that has happened to you. If you look in the mirror and all of a sudden you're like, who, who is this? How did this happen? I've been working so hard. Well, if you're only looking at diet and exercise, that might be part of the reason why, because you are a whole person. So in the last episode, we talked about the whole you, body, mind, spirit, diet, environment. I shared a story about a patient in the hospital, a real life patient, <laughs> um, and his room was too cold. And when they moved him to a new room, everything changed. His cold room had been impacting everything. And I promised some more along those lines about the whole you. And this time we're talking about weight loss solutions. So the experts used to believe that weight loss was a very simple, simple formula, like calories in have to be less than calories out, right? It's just a formula. It's just math. Well, no, it's actually not true. Is it part of the picture? Yes. Is it the whole picture? No. Because you are a whole person. You are a body. You have a mind. You have a soul. You eat. You live within an environment. And each one of those parts cannot be separated from the others. Body, mind, spirit, diet, environment. Have you ever sat on a chair where one leg is shorter than the rest and you have to like work to stay stable or all of a sudden you'll accidentally shift weight and you're like, whoa, can you feel like you're falling? Well, the same thing is for the whole you. Every aspect of yourself needs to be functioning well or you will be off balance it. And one of the like most noticeable cases of this is in your weight. And first I want to be very, very clear. You are more than your weight. Your value is not based upon how you look. But that being said, I know that your weight bothers you. It weighs you down mentally and emotionally. I've heard from you, you don't like to get dressed because you feel like you don't look good in your clothes. You're uncomfortable going out in public sometimes because of your weight. You notice your weight when it's time to play. You can't keep up with your kids or your grandkids like you want. Your weight is holding you back from the life that you could be living. And your feelings about your weight impact everything. How you feel about your body impacts how you see yourself in the mirror. How you feel about your weight changes how you interact with others. 
Your weight even affects how you eat. You might eat too much because eh, it doesn't matter anyway. Or you might have days where you don't eat enough because you feel like you need to lose your weight. So we're going to go through the five aspects of the whole you. And like I said last week, I'm not going to talk about diet. We are going to address one thing in that little um, petal of the flower, but we're not going to talk about what you're eating. So let's first start out with the body. Can you get out a piece of paper either now if you're listening in a spot where you can write down or, you know, later you can come back to this episode if you are out and about. On a piece of paper, I want you to list three to five things that you like about your physical appearance. Is it hard? I'm sorry if it is because you are valuable. You are strong. You are beautiful. You are more than the lies that you have been absorbing through the media and your own negative self-talk. And for real, that negative self-talk gets really, really loud sometimes. So think again, think harder, figure out at least three things that you like about your physical appearance. Hopefully you can get a list at least five things and write them down. And I know you're just hearing this in your earbuds, but if you want it to be truly powerful, do more than just think. I want you to actually write it down because your brain needs to hear or see these five different things in different ways. When you just think about it, it's not as powerful as when you write it out and actually write it out, not type it out, because that physical process of writing and then you reading what you're writing as you write it and also thinking about it, those all compound to make more powerful um, statements to your brain. So after you've written your list, you can say them out loud to yourself and it might take some time, but eventually, hopefully you're going to get to the point where you actually believe yourself. The words you tell yourself and the phrases you use, they are very powerful and they go by a lot of names. There's uh, people who call them mantras. Uh, We use the term soundtracks a lot now because they're the soundtracks that play in the background of our brain and we know that we can rewrite them. I really like the book by John Acuff by that name, Soundtracks. It's a lot about your mental talk. Um, But we started out by calling it duck oil. (laughs) Now, this started when my kids were in early elementary school and taped underneath the bathroom mirror, there's a little list and it was called duck oil because just like a mama duck applies her oil to the ducklings to make the water roll off of them, we would apply quote duck oil every morning. It wasn't actually duck oil. It was just some diluted essential oils, Um, but it was done with these mental soundtracks. We did that duck oil while saying a list of truths out loud to that face in the mirror every single day. The goal was that eventually we would believe it and the lies that we hear would roll off just like a mama duck applies her oil to the ducklings so that the water can roll off. We want the lies just to roll off. So instead of hearing and believing I'm stupid when a mistake is made, that can roll right off because the child knows I am valuable, I am creative, I just made a mistake. And so that principle applies to your body and mind. If you're constantly telling yourself that you're fat or you're ugly or you're awkward, your mind will believe you and your mind will look for ways to validate those words. 
And the opposite is true as well. When you tell yourself nice things, your mind will start to believe that and it will look for ways to validate those words. So if you tell yourself every day that you have strong and beautiful calves, you're going to notice them as you're walking up a flight of stairs. You're going to appreciate them. When you tell yourself that you have gorgeous and happy eyes, the face looking back at you in the mirror is not going to be your enemy. So write down that list. But you are five parts, body, mind, spirit, diet, environment. And so far, we've just covered the body and the mind. Let's jump into the spiritual aspect of the whole you. And we tend to like disregard this in our culture. We tend to think that the spiritual spiritual health is reserved for just when you are at church or you're doing some spiritual reading or meditating or something. But that's not true. You are created to live in peace, harmony, trust, and love. And anytime you are out of those, when you're not living in peace, harmony, trust, and love, you are under more physical and emotional stress. Things like fear, defeat, hate, mistrust, and bitterness, they are all spiritual things that have an impact on your overall health. And yes, they impact your weight. So how can bitterness, fear, and envy affect your weight? Well, each of these increases your stress. And as we've talked about in numerous episodes, stress causes increased cortisol levels in your blood. And then cortisol promotes fat storage. Cortisol also increases your hunger and your cravings. Cortisol also decreases your metabolism. So when you are living in spiritual dishealth, unhealth, whatever you want to call it, when you're not living in love, peace, harmony, and trust, then you are under more stress and that stress can cause weight gain. Does that just blow your mind? We don't talk about it in this culture. And so you might be like, well, Esther, I think you're gone a lot, little bit off the deep end here. Well, it's actually true. Not that I've gone off the deep end, but that your spiritual health does impact your weight. So what is the antidote? The antidote to bitterness is forgiveness. And obviously, or maybe it's not obvious, but forgiveness does not mean you excuse the crime. Forgiveness just means that you're no longer willing to be the victim. So the John Hopkins experts over there, they say that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health. It, the forgiveness, just that act of forgiveness, can lower the risk of your heart attack, improve your cholesterol levels, improve your sleep, reduce pain, help your blood pressure, help your levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. All of those things from forgiveness. So is there somebody that you need to forgive? You don't need to do it for them. You need to do it for you. If you're struggling with it, um, look up Elizabeth Sharp and read her story of forgiveness. She was kidnapped and held hostage, not hostage, in captivity for nine months. And even after she found freedom from her kidnappers, she still needed to find forgiveness or freedom through forgiveness. It's a super powerful story. Obviously, her captors are evil, evil, evil people, and you know, justice should be served. But to release Elizabeth from her own prison, you know, that she had that Un unwittingly, unknowingly, she had built because of all the things that had happened to her, she had to forgive. It's a really powerful story. 
I'll try to find it and link it in the show notes, but you can just Google her, Elizabeth Sharp. Um, so what about diet? I'm not going to talk about diet and exercise. I already told you that. But there is something that you can do in that, you know, diet petal of the flower of the whole you. Uh, remember, we're looking at that flower on the cover art, the five petals. Um, one of those petals is diet. So how about making some tea? Next time you're craving something, anything, whether you're craving a salty or sweet, whatever you're craving, try making a cup of tea. So boil some water, pick out your tea, smell it, steep it, sit there with your cup and just breathe for a minute as that tea steeps in the hot water. Enjoy your tea. And when you're done, chances are you will not be craving what you were craving before you made the tea. Often when we are craving something, whether it's sweet or salty or whatever, it's not because our body needs that food. It's actually because our mind or spirit need a break. So make some tea. Let's talk about environment. That calming process of making and sipping a cup of tea works for every other time that you eat as well. Your environment while you're eating matters. Your digestive system functions best when you are calm. You actually process your food better when you're sitting down and you're focused on your food instead of eating on the run. Sitting helps you digest better. Focusing on your food helps you digest better. Being in a state of rest instead of stress helps you to actually digest your food. Like I said, when you're under stress, you shuttle a lot more of those calories straight into your fat cells. So the environment in which you eat actually makes a difference for your weight. And it's not just about the environment that you're in. It's also about what you're doing. So if you're sitting down and you're relaxed and you are zoning out on screens, it doesn't help your weight. In fact, it's worse for your weight because you eat mindlessly. One thing you're not going to chew and so chew as well, which means your body has a harder time digesting. And then another thing is you just don't notice when you feel full as well. If you are focused on something else like screens, it impacts your weight. So isn't it interesting how everything impacts everything? We covered body, mind, spirit, diet, and environment. And all of those, obviously diet, but all of them play a role in your weight. And there are small things that you can do in each of those aspects to impact the whole. There's always things you can do. And I've said it before, there's some people who, when they're around me, they're, they like feel like I'm watching them or judging them. I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. Um, there's always things that all of us could be doing. None of us is perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. There's only doing the best that we can with the abilities that we have and the situation that we have with the knowledge that we have. We all know better things that we could be doing. Every single one of us, every single person listening, you know what it is for you. For me, it's always veggies and sleep. I'm, I have been working on my veggies, but you know what? There's been a couple weeks where, you know, the salad, you know, it comes home from the grocery store and then it sits in the fridge for a little while or a long while. And then it goes to the chickens when it's brown. And the, those weeks I did not do a good job with my veggies. There's always things that we can be doing better. And I don't say that in a way to shame you. It's kind of a gift because there's always things that we can be doing better. There are always choices that we can be making. 
But if you want some help in this area, if you want to figure out what is the best next step, how can I make a huge impact with simple, sustainable things? That is why I offer the Hashimoto's Health Sessions. It is to help you figure out that next step because sometimes we're too, we're too in it and we can't see the big picture. But I can see the big picture for you and I can help you figure out what is the next right step for you for this situation, for this season of life, so that you can make the biggest changes possible. Because that's what we want. That's why you're here listening, because you want better health. You might have Hashimoto's, you might think you have Hashimoto's, you might wonder about it, but no matter what, you are here listening to this podcast because you are looking for better health. And you're looking for better health, not as a band-aid, not just as a medicine, as a patch solution. You actually want to look at the root causes so that you can feel better yourself. Not just a medication helping you feel better, but actually you. And that is what I strive to help you do with every single episode of Health with Hashimoto's. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional. 